Hey everyone, it's Rebecca Ruper with Inside the Ring, and today on the show we have a 25-year-old UK boxer who is on the rise, having her pro debut in September of this year. She proved to the fans that she is not here to play, knocking out her opponent in the first round. Trained by former WBU World Middleweight Champ Arnie Fresnel, signed by Alfie Warren Boxing Management, with a record of one win, zero losses, one by way of knockout, we have super welterweight fighter Hannah Hurricane Bagley. Welcome to the show, Hannah, and thanks so much for coming on. Hi, hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I've sort of lost my voice um, because I had a bit of a chest infection. So um, if I sound a bit husky, that is why. I'm not going to lie. I am completely obsessed with your accent. And really? I absolutely love your accent. Where are you from originally? Um, I am from Blackpool in uh UK Lancashire um but all my family is like Yorkshire and stuff so I don't know if, if that makes any difference whatsoever but yeah I want to start with you from the very beginning so when did you pick up your first pair of gloves and why god um picking up my actual first pair of gloves was when I was like 14 and um, I was a bit naughty like when I was younger um wasn't the best behaved so my dad was like right like you're going to like do some sports I already did running but I just hated it because like after I'd got certain age and got like a social life all I had to do was like go out with my mates rather than train um somebody was like no you need to pick something up something fresh something you enjoy so we did a couple of things and yeah, it took me to a boxing gym and that was it. I loved it. I did that for a couple of years with um, Anthony Moran and uh, I did want to fight like when I originally started it and then I got a boyfriend and thought, mm, again, moved to schools. Uh, so started having a social life again, put the gloves back down mm. and then it got to like the age of 20, 21 and I was doing it for fitness at the gym and the coach there had a girl um, who was basically getting ready to do her first fight and he said oh we just jump in and like move around with her like do a bit of a spar I'll I'll talk you through what to do because I'd never sparred at that point um, and then yeah we'll just go from there so I was like all right then and then um, I ended up uh, like not hurting her but she was stunned after like a, a round and um she just said like I don't think boxing's for me like I love the training but it's like completely different when you get hit in the face uh so she was like yeah I'm not doing it and he sold loads of tickets on the basis that there was like a woman on the card because it even back then it was still like not really heard of um so it was like you're gonna have to take a place <laughs> No way so, you so that, that's how I ended up fighting it was like totally by accident that is insane but it's so true what you said going back to people really don't know what boxing entails until they get punched in the face and I see that a lot I have a lot of clients that come in and they say oh I want to fight and I'm like okay well what experience do you have and they're like you know like I've hit the bag a couple of times and it's like mm, settle down honey like we gotta start from ground one all right and let's work our way up and even just holding mitts and say their hands are down and you just kind of counter they get they get stunned and then they're like I, I don't want to get hit well what sport did you think you were doing right now I don't understand so um that is very so how was it when you first sparred were you nervous going into the spar was there like a lot of anxious energy 
no because it was like it didn't give me time like I was just there training on the bag like just doing my own thing doing the little circuit because um half the class used to do like the circuits who weren't like interested in fighting just did it like fitness I was quite chubby so I just was losing weight and so I used to do like used to have like a really good little gym and then um, they'd be like 10 bags and they're all different like weights shapes sizes and I loved it so we'd do like two minutes on each bag and um we'd like move around and we'd do that circuit twice and I was just like punching away and he was just like Hannah like come here and just like grabbed me and like just threw me in there basically <laughs> so I had no time to like get nervous I was just like I didn't really know what I was doing I was like a day in headlines but obviously instincts just kicked in and I thought right this is what I want to do was there a moment when you realized in the ring that this was what you were meant to do as a career? Yeah, and it wasn't for years after that, to be honest with you. At first, I just got the bug and I was like, oh, I really like this. Lost my first fight. And after that, I was like, oh, I'm never boxing again. <laughs> it was like a really close fight, but we were just, we had no real clue what we were doing, me or the other girl. We were just stood center ring and we were just trading shots for like the full six minutes. Like we did three two-minute rounds. We were just trading shots. None of us really had a clue how to slip roll like nothing we just knew how to throw and um it just said uh, we just knew we just knew how to throw sorry um and yeah it was just like it was the worst fight I've ever seen in your life so I did that one lost and then they managed to like convince me to do another one it would be the same and then because of the first one nerves got the better of me lost my second one in a row <laughs> so I was like right I'm done this is me I'm not doing it ever again um I like the training and that's all I'll ever do so went to Australia uh, yeah went to Australia sorry for the first time like did obviously um about a year there and then came home for a little bit I was intentions of going back me and my partner who I'd, I'd met him out of, well we were friends before but we'd re-met out there and we'd got together so I came home for a bit and he decided he was going to come home because he hadn't been home for like two years um, so he came back with me and then we took up boxing again. I was like, oh, I like, I want to fight again. Don't know, don't know why. Um, and then, yeah, like I just, I, for some reason the nerves just went and then that was it. I was on a roll. I had like, um, I think it was about nine fights, eight fights in 11 months. Um, so if you think about it, it's like one every other week. That's insane. Um, yeah, like, and I was unbeaten after that. Um, I didn't lose one fight on the road for, I think it was like eight consecutive fights. Um, wow. And that was it. That was the turning point for me. Um, after like that, I was I was hooked. Um, and I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I went back to Australia with my boyfriend. And obviously, I don't know if you know what the scene's like there out, but it's 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 rubbish, the boxing scene over there. Nice. You don't get equal opportunities. Like, you're a pommy, so no one wants to know you. Um, you know, they've got, like, if, if they see you've got something about you, they won't let you spar the girls there. It's like everyone wants to be handpicked over there. And it was... Um, it was just terrible for boxing. So uh, within a couple of days of inquiring about like, can I do this as a pro? Will I ever have a future? Have I got the raw talent, the potential? Um, I messaged someone and they were like, well, the only, the only way you'll find out is if you just come home, try. If it doesn't work out, you go back out there. If it does work out, great. Like, I don't know if you're good enough because I need to see you box myself. Um, so that's up to you whether you come home. It's a big risk. So um, within a week, I'd give up my residency came home and got a license and yeah the rest is history 
Wow. What amazes me about that story is the very beginning where not only did you lose your first fight, but you lost your second fight, but still managed to find some willpower to just push through and try it that third time's a charm. That blows my mind. So is there, do you feel like there was a specific moment in time or maybe you were watching a certain fight or a movie that you were like, I got to give this another go. Like what, like, was there kind of a light bulb moment of like, there's something telling me, following your gut, telling you just to give it one more shot? Yeah, do you know what it was? It was because I really loved the training. Like, and not many people like the training when it comes to the boxing because it's it's hard. And obviously I wasn't doing it to a professional level. So I enjoyed it so much. And then obviously after having two fights and losing, I would keep seeing people having fights, selling the tickets, getting the shorts done, putting the training videos on. And I would get sick like with jealousy inside, like real like green eyes. Like I'd be so envious. And I would say to George all the time, like, look at her, she's got a bloody fight, I want to fight, and then I'd be like, always talking about boxing to him, I would do his head in, um, with just moaning at the fact that I want to fight, and obviously in Australia, you can't, because, like, you've got to sell loads of tickets, and I didn't know that many people, it's really expensive to box in Australia, like, really, especially if you're, like, you're not a resident, like, you're not connected, um, so that was the turning point for me when I just thought, you know what, I'm getting too jealous all the time. It's all I'm talking about. I'm doing my boyfriend's head in, like, just give it a go. Just do it again. And what was the, tr and do you think that that third, that third fight victory, what, what it changed in your lifestyle or your training that you think allowed you to uh, secure that win? Or was it just the competition? It, I think it was just the mental so like before that I was doing it because I'd like fell into it and I was like oh you know like I'm gonna give it a go and I'd enjoyed the training so I wasn't doing it because I just woke up one day and thought this is what I want to do but then after losing and I am a really competitive person so that didn't sit well with me anyway um I think it made me realize like right I'm hungry now like I want blood like the next person is not like they're gonna walk away with the loss this time like this isn't happening again and because I'd done it for myself rather than for like other people I think that was what changed is that even when I was training I was like learning rather than just doing what they told me I was understanding why I was doing it and what I was doing it for so like everything just clicked and I was like obviously I wasn't amazing still but I just had that that instinct inside me like yeah it just it just the hunger just took over where did you get your nickname hurricane from right it's not even to do with boxing <laughs> no wait <laughs> how so what happened was me and my dad used to love pool like playing pool okay. um when we was younger and there's a um a snooker player that's got the name hurricane in it and my dad like as a joke when i was younger because i was quite good at pool and um, said to me like you called hurricane hannah now so we used to like when you have to write your name down on the board thing we would put hurricane hannah and he just had his normal name i don't even know why i got a nickname and um it just stuck so then like, when i turned boxing but i was like oh you need a name and i was like do i and it's a bit more common to have like a little weird name on the unlicensed scene than it is to go in with an app the amateurs um so i was like all right so i just carried the hurricane on for no reason like it was nothing to represent my boxing my style my person nothing um but yeah i guess it's quite well suited now because obviously like 
in there I'm quite aggressive and you know cause a scene so so maybe it, it works out now but yeah it was definitely nothing to do with boxing <laughs> I was gonna say I feel like it would make sense to say that you're Hurricane Hannah just because from watching your first professional fight you just come in heavy like you were just no one could avoid you you were just literally a storm just ravaging through the ring so uh, I think I think that it's funny thinking back that Hurricane Hannah was something that was completely different, not boxing related, so many moons ago, and how it's come full circle, and now it's a part of your career. And it was meant to be, I guess. I saw in an interview recently that there was a there was a time period that you were homeless. Um, what made you make the jump from having a career, having that stable lifestyle, to deciding to risk it all? lose a place to stay in order to pay for fuel to get to different training sessions so like everyone that knows me knows that my personality is so weird so like um i come across so confident so like outgoing like probably a rule breaker a risk taker and i am literally i sound like i'm going into like an m m rapper <laughs> um, but no like uh, i'm the opposite like once I got to a certain age, like when I'd gone to my second school, I just like fell in line. Um, I don't take risks. I don't gamble. Uh, I don't make real bets real often. I rarely ever bet on the boxing with money. I am just not a risk taker. Like I, I wouldn't even steal a 5p bag from the store when you have to scan the bag and like put your shopping in it. And like, that's it. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm a bit of a wimp. Like my dad always says I'm really windy. Like I, I wouldn't break the law or... Um, like George, me and George went for a night away. He was messing about with a fire alarm, set it off, they rang the hotel room and was like, um, what's going on? Like the, the hotel alarm set off. And I was like, oh, sorry, like George was messing about with me and it set off. And George was like, you don't do that. You just it went off. Like, so yeah, um, going from like having security and stability, which is the only thing that's ever like kept me sort of focused in life, you know, having a routine and structure, it, it was hard. So like, it was a big risk to take in itself. I'd, I'd been with an employer um, painting, decorating, and, you know, done a bit of my own business as well for like the last near enough 10 years in a really well-paid job. And um, he said to me, you know, don't do the boxing and, and I'll make you high up in this company. Um, I'd already like sort of ran it once when I went to Australia. Then when I came back, he wanted me to sort of take the reins again, like have that responsibility. He was going to pay me a lot of money. He'd give me a van. He'd like gone above and beyond for me. And um, I just said to him like, no, like I, I love my job, but like my heart is with boxing. So I gave up my job, which I was earning a lot of money a week. And um, I'd gone from like earning a lot of money to like earning nothing and spending loads and paying for accommodation and slowly any money that I had saved had just gone down and down and down until the point that my boyfriend paid for the last month of my rent on my tenancy for me um, my dad was trying to give me money like helping me out and uh, my meal prep sponsors had obviously like sort of got me by with food no one realized like how bad it was apart from my boyfriend and I would spend like nights like crying myself to sleep worrying like where I'm going to get the next set of money from um because I was just trying to put everything into my boxing and because I'd had three fights fall through in a row that was three lots of wages also my sponsors like 
loss of ticket sales as the time goes on it just completely like went from here to here in a matter of like four months and I just said to George like I don't know if I can do this anymore and he was like you can like we'll work something out don't worry um and then yeah so I ended up um giving my tenancy up after the six months because I knew I couldn't afford it and it was it was putting me like in an early grave the stress of it um, so I was meant to be going back to my dad. So we ripped all the room out and then there was problems with the, the building work. So it meant I couldn't stay there. So I was having to stay on like my friend's couches, my dad's couch sometimes. And then it was just like, I was like literally bouncing from pillar to post. And like I was basically just taking a rucksack with me and it was, it was horrible. Like I'm getting bloody stressed thinking about oh. it was literally the worst um and then my boyfriend's mum was like you can just come and stay here like you don't but I was just so worried about feeling like a burden on people that I just like like let it all consume me and like didn't come to anyone else with my problem so it made it worse um and then yeah because he was going in the, he goes in the marines on Monday so I was worried that like if I go to his mum's and then I've got to like pack all my stuff, take it to his mum's and then a couple of weeks later try and get out before he's gone. Because obviously she's got her own life, she's got a house full of her, you know, her own children and her own mum there. So it's like the last thing she needs is bloody me and my life problems. Like, you know, but she was really good about it. And um, I'm just really thankful that I had her there for that support because my mum's poorly and she could never have took me in. Um, and my dad didn't have the room for me at the time. Thankfully, we got everything sorted and I've managed to now get myself back in. But that was literally only like two days ago. It's wow. been stressful, really stressful. The day of my fight is the day that I'd become homeless. Um, so coming back from London to know where to live was pretty hard. I couldn't even celebrate the win. It was, I, I took a couple of days like fully off social media. didn't really post about my fight. I was just so stressed. It really was from like an ultimate high of getting my license to like the, the rock bottom. And so much had happened in between that with my mum being poorly and stuff that it, it just like, my life was just like mental. Wow that and it's crazy just by just from looking at you and how how well spoken you are and how well kept you are you would never know what someone's going through especially having a such a phenomenal win I know I'm, I'm like that, that. Though, when I'm focused because I love boxing so much like nothing would get in the way like nothing like if anything if the worst thing in the world happened to me if I had a fight you know no matter how much was going on before I entered that gym when I entered that gym it's business and then come fight night if anything I just use it as more drive I was gonna say do you think that the situation you were in do you feel like it kind of made you hungrier to get that win for the first time one million percent and because I've had so many letdowns with the fights before it I thought like no disrespect to Boris Slava because she is ace and I love it a bit. It's like, you know, after we, we spoke and she was fabulous. But at the time I was just like, God help my opponent because when I get in there, I have got all this pent up rage that is coming out on them. <laughs> now the opponent that you fought in September, did you know about her um, before your fight? Did you study any tape of her or how did you prepare to fight your first uh, professional career fight so we were locked in with somebody else um for ages and then two days before she dropped out and we were like 
not again. So then Borislava got matched up with me and I found out like the day before we're going to London because he didn't want to stress me out because he already like my management knew what I was already going through um because like my coach had sort of like said I could stay at the gym and stuff as well so mm. like they already knew what was going on because I was like pillar to post so and um, they didn't want to tell me that my opponent had dropped out or anything <laughs> so then when they replaced her they was like right you're fighting someone else now this is the girl so we did a bit of like research on her and we found out that, like, out of her 88 fights, she's um, only ever been stopped, I think it was, like, four times. And they would be, like, people like, like Savannah Marshall and um, people who are world champions now. Wow. Um, and she's gone the distance with, like, some girls that are already world champions. So we knew she was, like, a tough journey woman and that she was there to survive. And when we watched her um, videos... Uh, it shocked me the way she came out to fight me because we'd watched her and for like the last 10 fights or something, she was really negative fighter. Her hands would always be here. She'd be moving back. She'd be on the ropes. Um, and she would rarely, rarely throw a punch in each round. Whereas when I first got in the ring with her, like within the first round, she'd thrown quite a few punches towards me. Like, and um, she came out fighting, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> like this is not what I'd like trained for." So, but I was I was good with that because it's a lot easier to get a knockout when someone's coming forward than it is when they're trying to survive. So, yeah, I trained for it, but a different fighter got in that ring. I'm telling you now. <laughs> that's why when that's why I was very surprised that you were able to get the knockout because you were in fight camp training to fight someone completely different someone with a different style so to find out that you were fighting someone new within 24 to 40 hours notice what was your mindset when you found that out was it all right like I have to change up my game plan completely or was it like I'm sticking to what we've been working on yeah, so like we never really had a true game plan as in like we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It was always we would just look for what their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, so like we would look at what they're good at to like make sure that like I avoid that and like pick out what's what their weakness were. So we never went in with a game plan to like do anything specific. We just always picked on like what we we looked at on the videos and target that. Um, and sometimes their strengths would work out better for my strengths. Um, for like counter and things like that so we'd sort of like done a bit of um planning but nothing to that extent so when it changed it didn't really matter because it was always just going to be right let's spend a few hours like picking out what she does bad what she does good and like we'll exploit it so it wasn't too bad it was more just the oh not again so I was thinking right I'm not even going to believe I'm fighting until she's in this country and we're weighed in <laughs> so yeah. it was just more I was just thinking oh it's never going to happen well, not only is it impressive, like I said, that you were able to get the knockout on a woman that you really didn't have any game plan for or that you weren't even expecting to fight, but you were able to attain that in a two-minute round, right? So how do you feel about women's professional boxing being just two-minute rounds? Do you think that we should push it to three or do you think that two minutes is okay? I mean, it just depends what the fans want out of boxing. And with women, um, the the fans are a bigger male base and they seem to like the punch-ups and the raucous and the liveliness of us. Um, and I don't think you would get as much of that in a three round. Um, like a two minute round, you know you've got two minutes to do the job. And if you hurt them, you've probably only got 30 seconds to make a stamp on that. Whereas 
you know, if you're in a three minute round and you hurt them in like the first minute and a half, you know, you've got another minute and a half to close that deal. And mm-hmm. um, so you don't need to rush into it. Whereas like the women just do naturally, you, you see a lot more of entertaining fights um, 90% of the time, just because of the two minute rounds. So like, I like the two minute rounds. Um, they suit me fine, but that's because I've always been used to two minutes. So I imagine if there were three minutes that I would adapt. Um, I think, if we want a better pay and we want to be like more equal to the men, then we would have to be more equal in terms of three minute rounds. So I think it just depends on the fan base and what, what we all want out of our careers. If we want more money and we want to be equal to the men or whatever, then yeah, like let's do the three minutes rounds. But um, if you're happy, you're happy. Uh, I just, I don't know. Like I heard something the other day saying that it's going to be a few years for the three minutes because um, apparently scientists have done studies and it's far more dangerous for women to do three minute rounds. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I had spoken to Sinisa Estrada a while back and for her last fight that she, uh, that she was in, they, she was trying to make it so that they were doing three minute rounds for her opponent um, didn't agree to those terms. So it was just two minutes. So there was, there was some talk about there being a three minute round, but it just, it just didn't come to be. And if, if it ends up being that the other opponent isn't comfortable, it's kind of hard when you're, when you're training a certain way. And a lot of these professional female fighters have been training like this for a very long time now. So to say, all right, now three minute rounds, it's just not efficient. Um, do you typically spar three minute rounds or do you stick to two? So you know how to be in the ring. Yeah. So like we, we do three minute rounds um, coming up to fights. But then when it gets to the last four weeks of camp, um, we do two minutes because then we can start mimicking the intensity of like the sparring. So we will do four minutes to sort of like build it up. Don't peak too much. Set your shots up. Work on techniques. Work on setting shots up. And then when it gets closer to fight night, um, we always up the intensity and shorten the minutes. So it'll go down to two minute rounds. Um, just so then you know you we've got more of a real feel for how we'll perform on the night so mm-hmm. yeah it's oh. a bit of both I had a couple of people asking uh because you are good friends with fellow female professional boxer Ebony Bridges a lot of people want to know how did that come to be and has she given you any piece of advice that you'd like to share on the show yeah so like um I first started talking to Ebony when I lived in Australia so um I had her on Twitter, this was before she was like a big hit in the UK, and I just really loved her self-promotion, I just thought it was ace, and um, then I came back home to UK to get my professional license, and it then went into lockdown, and she really utilised on that lockdown so well on like she you know everyone would be sleeping and she'd be doing interviews and anyone could have the time of day whether you had 200 followers 80 followers she would interact with who interacted with her I just loved her as a person like online she just gave out a really great positive like vibe and um so like I would tweet her we would chat and then I don't know like it just carried on and on and on over the months and then when she came to the UK I went to go and see her and then um, like we like had some coffee and like at the time I was already with an older coach and management team and um, I just wasn't happy in the situation I was in I didn't feel like it was going to benefit me in the long run like I, I wasn't able to utilize what I had the training of um the style of training I didn't really like I didn't 
I didn't gel properly. Um, and although I loved my trainer and he was great and I liked him as a person, I knew boxing wise, I was probably suited to somebody like else better. Mm-hmm. So I was like, went to her and I was like, oh, I feel like I'm being disloyal. Like I just need a bit of advice. And she just basically gave me like a bit of a pep talk and just said like, listen, like it's a short career. You really need to utilize from the start. Um, if you're not happy, make the changes, do it by the book, make sure you don't like, you know, sort of shit on anyone, pardon me, it's like phrase, like don't shit anyone in the process and, you know, just work hard. And so I went away from that meeting and within a week I've like, I've left my, my coach, my management team. So she actually had a really big part to play in um, me being where I am now. Wow. And it's, it, that's great advice that Abby gave, because I feel like a lot of people, especially in a sport like boxing, where your coach, your corner is your family. And even though you're by yourself in the ring, they're still feeling those punches that you're receiving. They feel the punches that you're, you're giving. So to maybe separate from a coach because you feel like there may be better opportunity out there. You have to separate professional from personal. And it's hard because you don't want to burn any bridges and you don't want them to feel some type of way. But at the end of the day, like this is your career. And if you feel in your heart that that's the right choice, you have to go with that. So I Yeah, and again, that, that was what was hard is that, again, I'm not a risk taker. And so it was hard because I was leaving him with no other... Um, options in mind and then I told my other like my talent manager about it um, saying like I, I wanted to leave I've like been up and spoke to Ebony and I just wanted to like sort of like make the move now like I don't know what to do should I move to London and try like a few London gyms see if anyone wants me there I was willing to go anywhere and she was like let me like I've got a friend who is in boxing let me speak to him and it's actually my manager now um so she was like I'm, I know like some of the Warrens like can I have a chat with them and like pass your number on and I was like go for it so I told my coach listen like I'm not happy um I've been like wanting to leave for a while I've not had the confidence you know I don't think that like the this is working out for me personally um like I, I'm, I'm looking for some like a new a new management team and a, and a new trainer um and he was like you know really offended by it so I then was like literally like I had so much anxiety because I was like oh my god like what am I gonna do so anyway I just said yeah like put me in a group chat with Alfie who I'm now with and um he just said like listen like I'm not gonna pressure you you're in contract with somebody else anyway so like you need to decide what you want have a chat and then see see if there is an option for you to sort of get out of your contract if there is great come back and talk to me but until then there's nothing I can say or do really so I was like oh my god like I'm never gonna get out of a contract <laughs> um, but they were really good about it and they were just like if that's what you want like you know we're not gonna force you to stay so um obviously like I'm disappointed because I've put like quite a bit of time into you but um at the end of the day like you've got to do what's right for you and they were great about it in the end so I was just thankful for that um and yeah that's that's how I ended up with Alfie well speaking of more um developments in your professional boxing career is there anything else that you can tell us that's going on and um, yeah look I have stood by on another interview so obviously I don't mind speaking about <clears throat> I don't mind speaking about it and um, I just can't go into too much detail yet but um I am uh, in talks and partnerships with Queensbury's and um, promotions and 
Alfie Warren is my manager and so he will remain my manager and I will still be working with Warren Boxing Management on doing their shows as well and then in the new year I'll be working with Queensbury Promotions so um, yeah. That's amazing congratulations you have a lot going on and it's not even 2022 yet. I know and like I, I don't I've only just had my pro debut. <laughs> Yeah, you have a yeah, you have a lot, a lot. So, is there any talks of a date of fight number two or? Yeah. So, um, I'm I'm meant to be fighting on York Hall show in London on the 19th of November, and that's my management's boxing show. Just because we want to get another like maybe two fights um under our belts before the new year, before we like turn over to Queensbury. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm going down on the 19th of November to fight in London. So that's oh. the next one. Awesome. Best of luck. Thanks. So, um, so I wanted to talk to you. Uh, did you watch the Wilder Fury trilogy? Yes. And I really shouldn't have because I had training in the morning. So <laughs> well, yeah, I have to ask, um, what were your thoughts on the fight? And do you believe that Usyk has a chance to defeat Fury? And my thoughts on the fight. So going into the fight, I was really, really mad when Wilder won the trial to get his um his trilogy. I was pissed. <laughs> I was so mad. So I was like, oh my god, like, I want to see the AJV Priori fight. Like we've seen two of Wilder getting battered. Like I don't want to see a third one. I was really mad because I was yeah. like, I've got hyped up for the AJ fight. And um then when it like when it Obviously, it's getting a bit closer. I started getting, obviously getting excited because I am a boxing fan. So I started getting like buzzing about it. And then, wow, I couldn't have asked for a better trilogy. Like, it was amazing. I, I was screaming. I was sat in the hotel room on this bloody iMac watching it with my boyfriend. Um, I was jumping up and down. I was screaming. I was like, oh my God. Like, it was ace. It was so thrilling. There were so many twists and turns in the fight. It could have gone either way at one point um and it was just yeah it was it was great it was more than I could have expected so I, I thought it was class and um obviously I was a fury supporter anyway um so yeah I couldn't have asked for a better result you know he is absolutely class and even what he stands for going from like the mental health the lowest of the lows the highest of the highs you know it's doable so it was just a real great story like it was just a great finish to a trilogy and you could just, yeah. yeah um and you said yeah of course, like, the guy should never be written off. Like, you know, I've said it from day one, he is a great boxer. And I think with Fury, it might just be a bit harder to beat Fury than it was AJ. Well, it will be because Fury's a boxer and he's like Usyk and he's, he's adaptable. He adapts to whatever fight he's in. And it's really hard to beat somebody who can adapt so well to any style of boxing. So no matter what the case he's going to adapt and I, I do think that Fury will be victorious yet again um however I do think it'll be a different fight to the Wilder they might nullify each other's styles because obviously their boxing is similar but like I say because Fury can adapt he might just bring that little bit of difference to the table and he's a lot of a bigger guy so it's going to be really hard to bully him around the ring um so yeah it's going to be interesting but you you can never write Usyk off you can't really write any boxer off because there's always that chance but yeah Usyk's got just as good a chance as Fury uh, as, as AJ in my opinion and just as good a chance as Wilder because Wilder in my opinion can't really box so yeah it'll be interesting it will be interesting but I just think Fury's got it now like 
I just think it, it'll just edge it. But who knows? I could be wrong. That is the beauty of boxing. You never know. Um, yeah. well, are you, how do you feel about a rematch between Usyk and AJ? Like, are you, I mean, are you whatever? Yeah, whatever. I, I want to see that because I wanted AJ to win. I do love Usyk, so don't get me wrong. I wasn't, like, totally devastated when he won because I thought, you know what, he's a class boxer. You know, I'd love to see him in loads of different fights as the title holder. So it didn't really bother me. Um, I was a bit gutted for AJ. Like, I was gutted for him because I just know how that feels. Like, um, obviously not to, like, extend belts on the line and stuff. But... Yeah, I know that feeling of loss and it's it's a sad, sad place and it's in front of the world. So, um, yeah, I would like to see a rematch because I would like to see AJ adapt and learn and overcome what's happened. And hopefully just like the Ruiz fight, um, right, what did I do wrong? What can I focus on? Because you can't focus on um, Usyk. You have to focus on yourself. So, you know, he needs to go back to the drawing board. And then I'll be excited to see a different AJ come to the ring and, you know, hopefully get his belts back. And then I would like to then see AJ v Fury. So how about AJ versus Wilder? Who do you got? Yeah, I'd love to see that as well. I would love to see that. I mean, I never like rated Wilder. I thought, you know what? His attitude puts me off straight away. Um, all his shit talk, like when he's trying to trash talk, like I like a bit of banter, but he'd just like go on and on about pointless stuff. And I could never even understand what he's talking about. And it, one minute it'd be religion, the next minute he'd be like wanting a body on his record. So there was no consistency for me. So I never used to think, no, I don't want to see him fight anyone because he doesn't serve it. But after that trilogy, I've got a lot more respect for the guy. Um, I didn't like how he handled it after, but I think he's definitely worthy of all the top heavyweight fights, you know, to be made, for sure. So I would love to see Wilder fight any of the top heavyweights. You know, Ruiz, AJ, Usyk, any, Joe Joyce, um, Dylan White, mm -hmm. even Chisora, maybe. Any any of them, you know, any, any of the ones he's, he's fought. Yeah, definitely. So I want to circle back to women's boxing. Um, Clarissa Shields just tweeted a couple of days ago. I was actually, I saw this the other day and I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to ask Hannah this. So Clarissa Shields tweeted at Savannah Marshall and she said, LOL, good luck in your upcoming fight. This is your first time facing an undefeated fighter in your entire pro career, Miss Knockout Artist. Do you have so many KOs because you fought bad opponents, last minute replacements, next year I smash you. What are your thoughts on this potential matchup? I mean, it's the fight we want to see. We've wanted to see it for so long. And although like, the build-up is like, it's agonizing because you're like, when are these two going to fight? Like, it does add to the excitement. So, um, yeah, like, I can't wait to see that. You know, I think Savannah is a class mover. She's really slick, smooth. You know, she rolls with the punches and they look like they don't have power, but because of the way she moves her body, when she hits them, she hits them like a truck. And it's just, it's a really nice style to watch. I think styles make fights and sort of Clarissa's the opposite. She's, she is like a little like bull in a china shop. She's coming to take your head off. She's, she's got such good range. Like she knows how to just get you and just step out by that much, make you miss and then you make you pay. So I just think it'd be really good to see that by like, their styles I think would make a really exciting fight. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, Shannon Courtney, she was set up to defend her WBA bantamweight title on Saturday against Jamie Mitchell, but instead she was stripped of her belt before even entering the ring. Uh, she came in 2.5 pounds overweight. Eddie Hearn said she wouldn't attempt to lose that weight within the two hours that the WBA was giving her. Um, and as maybe you've heard as well, her reasoning was that 
it was um, her time of the month. What are your thoughts to uh, on this reasoning of why she couldn't make weight? And do you believe that this is something that should be taken into account for female fighters in the future? Um, okay, so like I understand, like as a girl, yeah, and um, you get your your period, but like I ha I have had um, my last fight where I was on my period, um, and all you do is you just you know when you're gonna come on, and if you're on contraception, um, even more so you have to be cautious of it because like for me when I was on contraception and that's the reason I came off contraception, um, was because my periods were random. Sometimes won't have them for three months and then they just come and you can't help that um however <clears throat> you know there is things that you can do for it so you know worm what if you if it's certain foods that don't agree with you that sometimes can trigger a, a period and things like that um because sometimes like your diet can do it so you know if you're overtraining all the time and things like that so you have to be really careful but as a a, a world champion you should know this you've been doing it for long enough you've been in the game for long enough you've been working your periods i imagine around it for long enough you can get contraception that blocks them so if you know you've got a world title fight coming up do something to prepare whether that's a greater weight loss um a, like a blocker uh, you know time it around it whatever you need to do to make that happen you have a responsibility when you agree that catchway of your world champion um title fight you agree it so it doesn't matter what comes up you need to make sure that you plan ahead to make that way and that's why i don't think in my opinion um it's a feasible sort of uh excuse mm -hmm. so you know and if it is a genuine reason then her and her team need to go away and learn from this because this is a hard lesson that she has had to learn yeah. so if that is true you know that is the case but i do believe you know as women we should get a little bit of lenience um around you know the whole period situation because because it is hard but like i say when you get to that level and you've been doing it for long enough you should be tracking your periods so and there is apps to do it like i've got an app called flow and you track when you're on your period and every day you put in whether you're heavy or light, what symptoms you've got. Yeah. And it'll give you tips on how to control it and when you're most fertile. Because obviously if you come off contraception, you need to be careful. Like if you've got a partner or if you know, you're doing casual or whatever, you need to be careful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she should be more responsible in my eyes. That, that's my take on it. And then Eddie Hearn didn't even, she didn't try and lose the weight. Uh, like they were given two and a half hours and she walked off stage drank some water and said she wasn't doing it yeah so in my eyes she didn't even attempt to lose the weight i just think like you know it, it would have just been so different for me like that's my title mm -hmm. like i am not being stripped of that title like, i'm gonna give it a go she didn't she didn't even give it a go so you know on that in that point you know it's hard to it's hard to see where she's coming from well how do you feel about a rematch with her and mitchell now I think Mitchell beats her again. I thought Mitchell beat her with ease. I thought Mitchell was a better boxer. Um, you know, I, I just feel like she had an answer to everything that Courtney was throwing. And it's really hard to beat someone who was like that because Mitchell wasn't looking for her weaknesses. Mitchell was just doing what she, what worked and, and what she was good at. And, you know, it worked well. I think, I think she beats her again. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll see a different hungry Courtney um you don't know what losses do to people i know you know coming from myself when you when you get a hard loss or something that you feel passionate about you come back with a different sort of hunger so who knows she'll she needs to go away back to the drawing board and, and give it another go so 
Well, do you think that maybe her performance was influenced maybe by being overwhelmed about not making weight or like, for example, what are your emotions when you're walking into the ring? Are, are you thinking about things that are going on in your life outside of the ring or, or do you just hone in just on those four corners and that's all? Yeah, no, you, you get into the zone. Um, <clears throat> you definitely get into the zone. So when you're in the changing rooms, you do whatever you need to do to sort of get you in the zone, whether that's to work you up or calm you down, depending on what sort of person you are. Um, and then once you walk out, it's right, I'm just going to enjoy this moment. This is what I've been working towards, getting the ring. And that is it. You're not focused on what's going outside of the ring. You can't be. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe she was. Maybe she knew that she'd messed up she had a big crowd maybe she was embarrassed and um, maybe the pressure got to her maybe the embarrassment got to her maybe <clears throat> you know she'd over worried about things to the point it was affecting her you don't you don't know and um, she also came out with a knee brace on which she didn't do a public workout in so um I don't know there's loads of things that could have gone wrong and there's loads of could have should have waters but I think after the fight she said basically she was about it she gave this horrible screwed up face in the ring um and to me she she looked like she was pretending to um be shocked at the loss but I think she was just embarrassed and so the easiest thing to do was to sort of like screw her face up and look away because she didn't want to look at the crowd um, um but I just thought she was rude in the interview after said she didn't think that she'd won it that bell won't be sailing her waist long then it was like but she's champion so I'll congratulate her and it's like you've, you've basically just stuck two things up at her like stick with it yeah. so yeah I just I just didn't like her attitude I thought her attitude was just disgusting mm. Well, on that note, um, just to lighten the mood with all that crazy stuff that was going on, um, we're going to play a one-minute speed round game. So pretty much, I'm going to ask <laughs> as many personal questions <laughs> you get over there. Okay. And I've seen some of the stuff that's been getting asked for you to ask me on Twitter, so I'm like, right. <laughs> I don't even know what's coming here. <laughs> well, I, you know what? I have to tell you. So I have put out on Twitter many of times with previous fighters um, that I've had on the show, hey, you know, what questions would you like me to ask them? And I have never had as many responses as I had with you, which good for you. And clearly you're doing something right marketing wise, because for someone with one pro fight, you have a pretty strong fan base behind you. Um, yeah. They're great. They, they keep me entertained daily. And um, I just, every day I'll come on Twitter and there'll just be so much fun there. So I think that's where it's come from because I interact with them because I just find it so funny. So there's stuff they come out with, like we have such laughs and on fight nights, my Twitter is electric. I can't go to sleep because I'm having that good of a conversation with people on the internet. <laughs> it's crazy. I try so hard not to be on my phone, but ever since I downloaded Twitter and like I started using it more to engage them, I'm like, oh my God, my screen time is up so much this week. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, I mean, I definitely have gotten a lot of DMs asking for your number. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to be asked. Um, and a few other inappropriate questions, which again, yeah, I saw a couple of inappropriate, but I was like, it's always the, it's always like the usernames that follow like 1500 people and have like a moose as their username, like profile picture. It's like, what is going on? So first question, if you weren't a pro fighter, what could you picture yourself doing? 
But I, I'd probably be travelling the world still um, around Australia, uh, painting and decorating. Oh, another question was, uh, what is your favourite country to visit? Or what would you like to visit? Um, my favourite one that I visit, visited was Venice uh, in, in the summer. And it was absolutely beautiful. And it was everything and more that the pictures made it out to be. And I absolutely loved it. And the one I really want to go to is Santorini. Uh, favourite food? Oh, so like, you're going to laugh. Like, this is my favourite meal. So I go to an Italian, but I don't really get Italian food. So it's like my last summer meal. Um, a cheesy garlic pizza bread with peppercorn sauce to dip inside. Then my main is chicken with peppercorn sauce and vegetables. And then my dessert is sticky tofu pudding and hot custard. <laughs> that is a mouthful. Um, that I love how you have that order ready to go wherever you go. Italian food. I'm telling you now, I'm a foodie. So when people ask me this, I'm like, fam. What is your favorite sports team? Oh, um, Blackpool uh, Football Club. Um, what is your favorite movie? Twilight. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Who is your favorite musical artist? Oh, I've got like a few, so it's really hard. Um, like my day one favorite was Ed Sheeran. Um, but at the minute, I really love like him, um, like slow, like love songs. So I quite like him, um, like Mabel or um, Khalid. Khalid is one of my favorite favorite oh my god he's so talented i love his music um, is there a certain type of music that you like to listen to when you're training um yeah so like i even listen to like ub40 um it's like completely different it's either ub40 and um, which is like a reggae sort of band um or it's like dance house music but my coach gets really annoyed when I put that on he's like no this is shit get this off <laughs> and we end up listening to like all sorts like rap um, bloody 80s music, whatever I'm told to listen to. <laughs> and if he's feeling nice, he's like, right, we'll put some house music on today. I'm like, oh, is this a Friday? Like, you want to be good friends tonight? <laughs> uh, who is your favorite boxer besides yourself? Kay Taylor. Yeah, oh my God. She, so that's actually a good segue because I want to ask you, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, who do you got? Katie Taylor, every day of the week. What is your biggest fear? Oh, so um, I've got a couple. <laughs> I'm a right wing. <laughs> and my biggest fear, I don't like um, open water, like the ocean. Um, I like will get in it. I always do everything I'm scared of. But um, yeah, I, the thought of like drowning in like the ocean or like near sharks, like, it mm -hmm. just scares the shit out of me. I'd rather burn to death than like get dropped in the ocean, definitely. Do you guys have lakes and like rivers and things like that? Yeah. By you? So do you prefer yeah. going in like a lake or would you still rather be in the ocean? Um, I, I don't really mind. Um, in Blackpool, it's, we've got a beach, so we've, we have got the sea, but it's a bit filthy. But yeah, I'd probably prefer to be in the lakes. Um, I don't mind like, I prefer the oceans in like foreign countries because they're like clearer. Um, but then that makes no sense because like the animals are way more dangerous in the sea. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I am scared of the, the open water for sure. Um, things or thing that annoys you the most um loud eaters so people that chew like this the worst the worst I just want in the face. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite animal uh, dogs definitely yeah do you have any dogs yeah frankie oh oh my god what a chunk 
Oh, you could totally see the massive. Oh. He is a. How old is he? He's two, and he's a pit bull Rottweiler. And then oh. this guy is Scar. Oh my God, you've got two. Yeah, he's he's a German Shepherd King Corso Mastiff. He looks like a Scooby. Yes, and this guy, he's this big. Oh, and he's he just turned three months yesterday. Oh, mine's nearly eight years old. Oh my, well, he's over a hundred pounds, right? Um, yeah, he weighs in kilos. I think he's like nearly 50 kilos. Holy shit. Yeah, he's massive. <laughs> but those are always the biggest babies. Yeah, oh, he's so soft. <laughs> oh my God. What's your favorite store to shop in? Oh, um, this is an unusual question. I don't know. Oh my God, you've really put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> Primark, I love Primark. What was your first job ever? Um, I worked in a cafe, um, like doing toasties and things. Oh my gosh, and how long did that last? Um, about a year, and then I moved to, when I got to six, so I was like 14, um, just before my 15th birthday. Then when I turned 16, I was allowed to work at KFC. So I got a job at KFC then um, for a couple of years and then started painting and decorating. Um, if you have a middle name, what is it? I'm called Hannah Joan Ann Bagley. It's a really old fashioned name, but they're both my grandma's names. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, if you could pick one superpower, what would you like to have? invisibility for sure i am the nosiest person you will ever meet so like, i'd love to be invisible so i can go and listen in on everyone's conversations <laughs> and the last question i have for you today is what is your five-year plan where do you see yourself in five years from now i i hope to be a world champion i like that i like that answer and i think that you have the heart and the drive to do it and it seems like you have a great team behind you that supports you all the way yeah so hopefully who knows? Well, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. We had a great discussion. We went over a lot more topics than I thought we were going to cover. So that was amazing. Um, yeah, no, there, I really enjoyed it. Is there anything that you'd like to plug social media wise? Just shout your stuff out now. Yeah, so um, I prep for you, my meal prep sponsors, they have carried me through for nearly two years with the, you know, no real end game at the minute. So, you know, they've been there unconditionally. And um, Champs Boxing, who have just come on board as one of the sponsors, um, they've got a really good store of outlet of boxing equipment and they ship worldwide. So check them out. I'll send the link and she can put them in the YouTube comments. Um, my team, Warren Boxing Management, and yeah, just my friends and family and all my Twitter friends, my YouTube friends that um, have all supported me and made this journey so much better. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, and best of luck in your next bout. And we'll definitely stay in touch. Thank you. Inside the Ring is sponsored by Egg Weights, Liquid IV, and Goalie. Egg weights are the only hand weights in the world that conform to your body's natural motion. These weights are a boxing breakthrough. The palm-centered weights are the most balanced, compact, and ergonomic shadow boxing weights in the world. They are specifically designed to flow with any striking form and are amazing tools for building endurance, power, speed, and mental toughness. Egg weights are now the standard for Olympic athletes, professional, and public boxing clubs across the USA and Europe. Get yours now at eggweights.com and use code 
Rebecca Ruber for 10% off. Hydrate, energize, and sleep better with Liquid IV using the science of CTT. CTT enhances rapid absorption of our wellness ingredients into the bloodstream. 50 million servings have been sold. They are gluten-free, no artificial sweeteners, they're vegan, and U.S. order ship-free. I personally have been using Liquid IV since 2019, and all their products not only taste delicious, but they are highly effective. They're great for hydrating before, during, or after an intense workout, needing an energy boost during that 2.30 p.m. crash, and their sleeping products will have you falling asleep within 20 minutes and have you waking up with zero grogginess. Use code RebeccaRuber25 for 25% off your whole order and free U.S. shipping. Goalie gummies are gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, and gelatin-free. 100% natural and plant-based. Get all the age-old benefits of apple cider vinegar in a delicious gummy. On top of having the benefits traditional ACV has, Goalie gummies have additional benefits including superfoods, good taste, good smell, better for your teeth enamel, and they're easy to take. Use code RebeccaRuber for 5% off your next purchase. Remember, every purchase using these codes help the show tremendously, so please consider checking out these products. And if you decide to purchase, take a picture of your order and tag me at InsideTheRingOfficial for me to repost on my Instagram story. Thank you.